0: Hey, listeners, before I get into this episode, I have a quick ask to make. I started this podcast as a research project on how to be a top individual contributor in the product design space. My goal for the show was to learn what it takes to be an individual contributor that's doing amazing, impactful work that they love doing day in and day out and getting paid top dollar while they do it. Becoming that type of individual contributor is the ultimate job security. With close to 100 hours of interview recordings, This has naturally led to the creation of the short-form video articles that synthesize my learnings into 10-minute listens of actionable content. You might recognize these as my morning walk episodes or the hashtag shorts episodes. To my surprise, those episodes have been very well received and listeners have enjoyed the synthesis of what I've learned. This has led to the next chapter of my research project, which is beginning to synthesize what I've learned into a new newsletter called Thinking Out Loud About Design, that you can subscribe to right now for free. Thinking Out Loud About Design is an email newsletter and podcast that basically contains all my synthesis from my long form interviews. It's pure, distilled learnings that you can apply to your career immediately. This content is for you if you are a couple years into your career and you're trying to make that move from mid level to senior designer and senior designer to staff designer. I mainly focus on becoming high performing individual contributors in the product design industry. A free subscription gives you full access to the newsletter, podcast episodes, and website. You will not have to worry about missing anything because every new edition of the newsletter goes directly into your inbox. So my ask is this, if you have gotten any value out of the way of product design or if it's helped you in any way or someone you know, please subscribe to Thinking Out Loud About Design and get the distilled learnings on being a staff level individual contributor. You can find a link to the newsletter in the show notes of every episode of this podcast and on my LinkedIn page. Just look up Caden Damiano. Thanks again for listening and supporting the way of product design. I wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening. Now, on to the show. Hey, listeners. This episode, we interview with Kamala Logan, a UX designer at Overstock and a former student of the Dev Mountain UX Bootcamp. During the interview, we talk about his experience from going into a boot camp and transitioning into the workforce, and what makes a successful design student in any environment. One thing we discuss is what path is right for you. When should you go to a boot camp, and when does it make more sense to get a four-year degree in design? It depends. Kamala had a good reason for going to Dev Mountain, and we unwrap that in this episode. If this is something you're thinking about, keep listening. There are definitely multiple ways to break into tech. We hope we can shed light on one or two of them in this episode. Enjoy. Cumley, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: <laughs> oh, we're pretty exhausted. So we just this is being recorded at 7 a.m. right after the Silicon Slopes Tech Summit. And yeah, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but conferences like just wear me down. I'm drained after conferences, so we're pretty ambitious to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so on Thursday, um, like at 10 a.m., I had been there for like three hours already, and I was I was about
0: at that point where I was like, I
1: think I'm going to go home.
0: Did you go home?
1: No, nah, I stayed.
0: Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting conference. I mean, uh, I think that'd be like another podcast episode to talk about the – usefulness of it I'm wondering if like it was kind of diluted because there were so many people there
1: yeah I think those at least the ones I've been to in the past and you guys probably have been to quite a few as well but a lot of those the general sessions tend to take up a lot of time and it's it's really hard to kind of get down to the you know the the really you know fine details of you know what they're talking about and kind of how they're what were like the main like turning points in their companies or their products or their careers just because they're speaking to a general audience so you've got people from all kinds of walks of life and different jobs and it's just yeah so yeah I agree it's a little I feel like it's a little watered down sometimes
0: also for the listeners if you hear any just kid toys going on in the background that's my baby boy just deciding to Make noises while we're talking. So disclaimed. I disclaimed it. So cool. Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast. And yeah, yeah, so you've been at Overstock for a few months now, right?
1: About eight months.
0: and yeah, eight months. It all just feels like a couple months ago. Like I like I saw that you just started, but man, it's been eight months. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: time flies that way, huh? Yeah, it has. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, well, I started with an internship. In my career and I stayed there for about a year and so yeah I feel the same way I feel like sometimes it's just, I feel like oh yeah my internship I, I, I tell a lot of my coworkers, I was like oh yeah a couple months ago I was just at this old, old job but it's been eight months coming up and it's gonna be a year pretty quickly I feel like but funny how time flies like that.
0: Tell us a little bit about your background just how you uh, got into design what you did for like education stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So in high school, I always had a little bit of interest in, in graphic design. So I, I kind of had that in my in my back pocket, but my, my life was all about sports in high school. And my my dad um, didn't really have the uh, opportunity to kind of, you know, put us through college or anything like that. So his way of being able to try and provide something for us was to put us in every single sport program, hoping that we'd get a scholarship to a school to gain an education. So we, my life was all about sports for a long time, then I graduated high school and found out that not you're not as great at sports as you think you are in high school, <laughs> so didn't really have too much going on as far as like um, college options, just because I thought sports would kind of put me through, and I was very naive. I come from a, a background of not having a strong push in traditional education, so not very many college grads in, in my family, so I didn't really have a whole lot of... Um, you know people pushing me to do that and I kind of left it to the last minute so um, when I got out of high school it's kind of thrown into the sea and not really understood what exactly I needed to do and as a high school kid who just spent a bunch of time in a class I didn't really want to spend more time in school at, at first so I just hung out for a little while and then um, realized that you need money to succeed at anything <laughs> so once that started <laughs> running dry out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So once that started running dry, I started really thinking about my life and figuring out like, oh man, I should probably do something. If I'm not going to go to school, I should probably work. So, um, kind of toyed around in the in that, I don't know that that weird not knowing what I wanted to do with my life for a year or two, and then I started taking classes at Utah Valley University. I was a hospitality management major initially and then transition into marketing later on but it took me about 8 years to to really really hone in on what I wanted to do and finish it so so yeah i just you know i bounced in between a few different business majors at at UVU during those 8 years several years whatever it was and i just kind of went with the flow i felt like business was was something that was going to be something that would you know assure me a good paycheck, gave me that lifestyle that I thought I wanted. So I I just kind of kept pushing through business school. I didn't really feel like I thrived at anything at any point. (laughs) I have a a history of people who went through um, the hotel industry, so I thought that hospitality management was kind of like my calling and didn't really enjoy it. And uh, marketing, I feel like you think about business and marketing, you just think about people who are busy and traveling all the time and on their cell phone and they make a lot of money have a nice house or something so I thought that was like oh yeah that sounds good but I found out I don't really didn't really like excel at anything in marketing and I was uh I was I was very hesitant at pushing people onto ideas that they didn't fully believe in so that's kind of a problem (laughs) if you want to get into marketing but yeah so probably about a year or two I was towards the end of my 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 time at UVU. I was trying to find internships in business and um, trying to find jobs in business, as everybody tries to do. And I was working a job where I was working more than 40 hours a week, making hourly pay. And my wife and I had a had a daughter. We still have a daughter, I should say. But and so we're you know trying to think about finances, trying to think about what would set us up best for life and my wife started to notice that I was kind of stressed out and and not really super happy. And so she suggested that even though I spent eight years trying to put this all together, that I probably do something that I actually like. So (laughs) we had that whole conversation, took about a month to figure out what I actually wanted to do. And I thought back to my high school days where the only thing I enjoyed other than sports um, was designing. So at that point it was like, do I try to like, you know, dedicate myself to, to, you know, doing some sort of sport and and you know doing something like that you know, there's a movie about that guy who like in the 70s like walked on to the Philadelphia Eagles I think Mark Wahlberg played him in a movie or something like that <laughs> I was like you know you, you kind of consider it and you're like ah maybe I could do that I could be that like right and reality set in like about five minutes after I had that thought and so I was like well design seems like something I should try out I, I really enjoy that in high school so Um, I started reaching out to contacts I had that did freelance uh, that uh, were in the industry, um, starting with graphic designers. um, My brother-in-law is a a product manager at Exactware, and he knew I was kind of feeling things out. He suggested, if I were into design, that I, I try and go into UX, and so... He talked to me a little bit about it. I heard, heard some things about it, but didn't really know a whole ton. So looked, at, looked into it and he helped me kind of, you know, figure out if it was right or not. And I talked with my wife and my family about it. And my wife thought it sounded awesome. So she pushed me to try and do it. So I looked at programs that would help me out. I actually looked at things at UVU that would maybe help me out. And at the time, there wasn't really anything like super set there so it seemed like a lot of the boot camps were heavily marketing at that time and they promised to get me out and run in, in like eight weeks or something like that and that sounded really good for my bank account so i had enrolling in dev mountain at the ux boot camp there and i went through got done with the boot camp and and finished the boot camp and landed an internship and uh, stayed there for about a year until i um got in contact with overstock and that's where i've been like we said for about eight months so
2: awesome yeah it's really interesting as we've been interviewing people and i've mentioned this before but the paths that we all take and you know the turns and pivoting to different things and finding our paths i have gone through similar experience you know and it's just funny how like when we all kind of just find out oh yeah it's designed
1: for me like a lot of my life is transitionally over a little bit of a period of time and in hindsight hindsight's always 2020 right there's there's been there's been a lot of times where I felt like I've been prodded or designed but I ignored it because I didn't really consider it like a legitimate source of a career or income or something like that but now you're seeing where a lot of companies especially with online presence that um, design is something that really is important, and uh, we're starting to get back to the point where people are starting to consider that as a as a priority, as a number one option instead of, you know, just like my fallback option or, you know, the option after I've tried like a million different majors in college and haven't figured it out yet, like I did. So I think it's pretty cool to see how the industry is kind of trending that way, to where people are starting to pay attention to to designers as actually need in a company and not that they can afford to, you know, be without. Right.
2: So I went through the program at UVU and before I did go to the UVU, I was, you know, even considering boot camps myself because I had already had a degree and, and you know, man, do I want to go back to a two-year or, you know, four-year thing. So my question as someone who went through a boot camp and I actually chose to go through the university, you know we kind of want to discuss like when does it make sense to go to a boot camp or when does it make sense to go to university is either one right or wrong you know and I don't think
0: either one's right or wrong but which kind of when, when does it make sense what, what are your thoughts on it <laughs> okay so can I preface something before you answer that question Kamale. so it's also about like being successful right so it's like when when does like Dev Mountain like make for like a sound strategy where you could get hired in the near future, like after graduation and like what characteristics of a person, does it make sense that maybe they should take some time traditionally? Cause we went to like a, an event recently and some people were like, yeah, you know, some people have like the, the skill sets, like these random skill sets that kind of complement each other and like a boot bootcamp, just a really good, like capstone to tie all together. And then some people, they just, they don't have any design background and a bachelor's might be a good idea for them, you know? So that's just kind of my preface. Like, what do you, what strategy makes sense to be successful?
1: Yeah. Well, cool. I think Cam kind of mentioned it when he was, when he was asking a question, but I think <clears throat> the basic answer is it's kind of situational to your, to your, to your own life. Right. I, I think when does a boot can't make sense? It's, it's kind of just, it depends on a lot of things. Like you said, you know, there's a lot of factors to dive in. So I I'll use myself as an example. Maybe we can get a little bit deeper into the answer. But for, for me, I, so I'm married and, and we have a daughter. So the responsibility as first and foremost, as a, as a husband to take care of my wife and as a father to take care of my daughter, right? You get a little bit of, I don't want to say pressure, but you feel a little bit of a responsibility to to be able to, you know, provide for them and take care of them. And so in my situation, you know, where I had been just, you know, toying around and bouncing around from major to major at a university, on the side, I was, you know, working myself crazy at an hourly job, at a job that wasn't really, you know, satisfying <laughs> mentally or career-wise. It, was, it wasn't something I actually wanted to go into. So, you know, doing that at the same time and not having school finished and not really having like a clear path out of the woods coming up really had a an impact of me trying to figure out something pretty immediately and, and something that would be a little bit more long lasting. Cause I wanted to be able to, you know, provide the finances to be able to take care of my family. I wanted to be able to have stability in my career so that I could continue to um, provide some stability in, in my family as well. So those kind of factors played into it, and everybody's situation is going to be different, I think. You're going to have a lot of you know, students who don't, have, don't really have any you know, family ties like that to consider, but maybe you know, they've got finances where you know, they've been in, in college or whatever situation they came from before. You know, they've, they've got lots of debt, and they, they can't you know, continue to, to pour on more debt, and they just need to find something quick. You've got, you know, all kinds of walks of life in, in those boot camps. But <clears throat> I think as far as a, as using highly considering boot camp as a strategy um, or something you would highly consider to really push you into or propel you into a career path that's going to be long lasting, I would say, yeah, if you, you'll, you'll really excel you guys can chime in on this. I I don't know how, you know, a a UX designer really excels when they can, I feel like when they can solve problems and communicate effectively, but also be able to produce or manifest that solution to whatever problem we're solving, whether that be a wireframe or whether that be articulating what that solution is verbally or what most of us do in UI work is actually physically manifesting that, those solutions um, you know, on paper or on a computer screen. Um, but I don't know. What are some of you guys' thoughts on how, uh, how, how successful a, or how you can tell a, a, a designer is successful?
0: Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good question. Well, like, I guess, like, okay, so I'll, I'll give, like, what I'm thinking when I say successful. Yeah. I think it's, like, when you graduate, you have prospects. Okay. Even at UVU, like, people go through the whole program, and they graduate, and they got nothing going on. Like, they're not getting any interviews, and they're complaining, they're complaining that, oh, it's just so hard to break in and stuff like that, but... You know, they they already have the degree, they went through the whole program, but maybe their portfolio is just not on point, or they just went through the motions, stuff like that. There's a lot of Dev Mountain graduates, and we'll talk about later in the interview, right, that they graduate and they find internships real fast, they have good prospects, and then there's other ones where they're still like a year later after graduating, they're still in limbo. Yeah. Um, That's my success.
2: My my thoughts, maybe I might be jumping into my answer for it, but I kind of agree with that. But I think it's more than the the degree, the piece of paper, or your certificate from a boot camp. And I think I think it's the the attitude and the perspective that you go in when you acquire those those notches. <laughs> Is some people think, oh, I'm gonna go to school and get a degree or I'm going to go to a boot camp. You know, the boot camp promises me if I finish this, I'll get a job or school promises me this. And, and so they rely heavily on that document or that, you know, that marker. And I just think it takes more than that. And that's where I'll kind of stop. But, and that thought for a sec, but that's where I'm kind of at.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think what you both make said makes sense as far as like success coming out. And I think, it I guess the overall thing I I would say is that when when I came out I kind of had that same expectation as far as you know I have somewhat of a legitimate I don't know like uh, a thing or a program saying that I'm I'm certified or I've done enough to get a job right so that when I first came out I felt like well that means that I, you should consider me for a job right and it's it's hard when you get out because and most people that are going to be listening to this can probably agree is that when when you have that kind of attitude and when you first start out there is a lot of initial rejection and that messes with your your psychology in your head cuz then you start to think like well maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I, or maybe I'm not worth as much as I thought I was coming out and you start to devalue that either that degree or <clears throat> that boot camp certification uh, because no one seems to be paying attention to it but i think uh kim what you said to your point i think i think that is very true i think it it's not just once you go through the program and you're done it, it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of people hustling in this in- industry trying to prove to people that they're worth it and so you're jumping you're jumping in in the stream while the stream's going like 100 miles per hour you know And if you don't really know what you're doing when you jump in, it's good. You're going to get sucked into kind of like a little bit of a whirlpool trying to figure out like, where am I? What am I doing? What did I get myself into? So I think it does take a lot of those, maybe those, the buzzword is soft skills that we use in the industry a lot. I think (laughs) being able to use those things like communication, communication, problem solving, being able to articulate yourself, presentation skills, stuff like that, the intangibles that aren't necessarily always going to be on your resume to your benefit, to be able to help you succeed at first, you know, finding your first foot in the door, your first job, your first internship, but then also propelling yourself into going on into your career as well.
0: Like, it doesn't matter if you go to Dead Mountain or university, like, Really the, the, the true differentiator for a lot of uh, these graduates is that they, I guess like the, the reoccurring theme in a lot of, you know, at least people that have like been placed in jobs that I know in the community is they participate in the community. Yeah. Like luckily, and luckily in Utah, there's just access to such a great open community where everyone is has the opportunity to show up. Like, there's not there's not a lot of people that can't just show up to meetups and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it. I mean, there has to be, like, a sense of hustle. And I really hate, like, giving kind of blanket tactics, like, the word hustle. But I guess it's just it, hustle being, like, just proactively sharing your ideas, interacting with people, and... Seeking feedback, you know, never, never, you can't coast in UX. I, I think I don't want to get any developers angry, but I, I really, it's not like developers like a commoditized skill where it's a little bit easier to get an entry level job just because there's such a need for people with that skill set. Yeah. But with UX, it's really a, like a lot of, a lot of it's fit in like critical thinking, which you really, it's really hard to communicate in a short period of time. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, that's just kind of me like throwing out some like uh, conversation material we could pontificate over, but yeah, I think, what do you think about that?
1: I think with design, it's funny because when you think of design, a lot of times you think of like, you know, physical things that you can see, right? Uh-huh. But um, I think to your point with the, with the difference between you know a developer and engineer, And a designer is that developer and engineer can physically, in a job interview, they can physically show you exactly what their value is, right? Like their monetary value kind of thing is they can, you know, throw up solutions for a code, uh, a code problem that somebody came up with in a room in an interview, right? In in the design world, a lot of times our work isn't always going to necessarily be on a screen, right? It's like you said, there's going to be a lot of the the details of like the thought you put into research or the iterations that you have in your head that you're constantly going over and trying to go through and sketches and stuff like that, that those aren't always going to be manifested as like a physical representation of what my value is. And I think that's the hard thing with, with design is, you know, we have, I think there's a lot of really great young talent that's coming out but unfortunately with the business the business end of how jobs and careers work out a lot of times what we're asked to do there's not like a good physical representation of it right especially for someone like a ux researcher someone like that they're never going to you know be they're never going to be coming up with wireframes or anything it's just they're going to be sitting down and talking and explaining their process of how they tap into the psychology of how people think and they get into users minds and try to get a feel for what those people do think act feel when they're in a certain product right and there's no real physical representation that you can or physical solution that you can put in front of an employer a potential employer to say like oh yeah this is exactly what i do and that's a hard thing i think what do you guys think
2: i just had a curiosity you know and at uvu we you you know you learn the basics of you, you start out with Interaction design type things, you know, research problems, and then you kind of move into a lot of production stuff and then user testing and just kind of go through that whole process. So I think you get a really sound education on the process of solving problems. Um okay. and then I was curious with Dev Mountain, are they and I know each boot camp's gonna be different too, and each university is gonna be different as well, but I was just curious. Do they go through? Is it just like a, I mean, because a short time of period. Do they just kind of like throw up like <laughs> the whole process, or like what 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 do you feel like they emphasized most? And then and then I'll kind of jump to our the answering question.
1: Yeah, um, I th- <laughs> I think yeah. Well, like you said, it's it it moves quick. They move quick there and kind of. They they try to hit every point obviously um, that you need to before you leave the program because the the promise is that you'll be industry ready by the time that you leave the program. So let's say you're in the the eight to twelve week program, right? That's there's a whole lot that you gotta you gotta you gotta fly through in that curriculum. And so with the mountain, I felt it was a little intimidating because I felt like I was trying to you know balance five or six different things at the same time but it it also it also pushes you to be able to to do that and and figure that out and a lot of I won't go a whole bunch into this but a lot of my first job was like that not a whole lot of organization in the the UX department not a lot of um, management in certain areas and so a lot of smaller companies, they're going to be asking you to, to wear multiple hats sometimes. And so that, I feel like personally that helped me uh, be able to practice for that and be able to get ready for, hey, they're going to ask me to do a bunch of different things at the same time. But as far as what they actually emphasized on, they do the whole, at least in our, in our cohort, uh, they heavily focused on us trying to tap into the research side for the first couple of weeks uh, and then transitioned into more of the, the visual design UI principles kind of thing so that we could bring it all together. But we did a lot of interviewing tactics, a lot of um, how we analyze research uh, tools that we could use, um, did a lot of <clears throat> projects and research on like the popular UX laws in quotations but like you know, stuff like Hicks law it's stuff like that a lot of psychology around how people think feel and act when they're dealing with certain products so I would say they heavily emphasize on that and then transition into the, the visual and UI stuff originally we started out with like when does a boot camp make sense kind of thing I think it is going to be relative to to your life but I think there, for me there are things that kind of stood out I felt like I was actually learning like when I went through when I first started they give you kind of a you know a test uh, project to work on to kind of filter through people and before they enroll and while I was working on that I kind of you know I felt like I was learning I was growing I felt like I was pushing myself I think in any industry really right that's kind of what we're looking for is is something that fulfills not only, a good career path, but also kind of pushes you to learn more, to be your best self and feel like you're contributing. And I felt like the whole time I was in the program, that's, that's kind of what I felt. Um, So I I would say kind of look out for those, those things while you're either going through your undergrad program or going through a boot camp or doing online videos of self-training, whatever it is, I would look out for those things.
0: What we're saying is that education obviously isn't enough. And I mean, it's kind of a cop-out answer to say networking is important, but now that we brought up that idea that, I mean, in design, a lot of our work's not seen. It's a lot of thought process decision-making. And I mean, you could document that into something tangible, but even if you do document it, it takes up a long case study and the hiring managers already say that they're not willing to like read through all of it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I documented it, but now no one wants to like even read it. And now I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's why after a couple jobs in the industry, a lot of people just start getting their jobs from their network, right? Yeah. So maybe the reason why you get jobs from your network and when you're like participating in the community is that's like your portfolio is it's your reputation in the community when you share ideas, medium articles. I mean, this podcast here is like just a way to like, like document how people think, right? You're not like hiring your friend on at Overstock, for example, because they're a cool guy. It's because you you know them. It's like if I could find a job for Cam at wherever I'm working, it's because I know Cam does good work, and I, I I've talked to him about product design, and I know he has a good handle on the the craft of UX, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my idea. So like, yeah, the, I think like your portfolios, your presence in the community.
1: Yeah. I do think the overall arching thing here is, is what you said, Caden, is being able to not only, you know, have a, a resume and portfolio physically that people can see, but being able to, you know, back that up with yourself being a good communicator, being, you know, really tenacious in a lot of different areas you don't have to be good in every single one of them, but I think to your point, you just have to be able to pique people's interest in you because they're going to be working with you. They're going to be communicating with you on the daily. No one's going to want to hire somebody. If you know, if you, were, you guys were in charge of hiring somebody um, to work with you, you're not going to want to hire somebody that you can't communicate with, that you can't understand, that you don't really have a good feel of what they're like. Um, or if they're just rude and you, you don't really like them, right? right? So knowing that going in, you have to be able to to communicate with people. You have to be able to work with people from all walks of life. There's going to be people from all over the world, especially in product design, and companies and industries that you're working in. You're going to be able to have to learn to be friends with them and learn to work with them and communicate with them. So being able to have, like you said, that, that resume of, I can work with different people. I can be fluid. I'm a very good communicator. I can really delve into research and um, analyze things and be be able to articulate myself and present on that, that kind of stuff. Being able to have those intangibles to show people, I think kind of will lead people into your portfolio so that they'll be like, you know what, this person is really interesting. I like what he said about that. Those kind of thoughts and and being able to instill that in people's minds are going to have them be able to go through your case studies and be a little bit more interested interested in in what you have to share rather than just surface reading.
2: Totally, yeah. I think everyone's kind of touching on on some great points. Like before we jump into lightning round, add a little bit to what both of you're saying. So yeah, I think your your certificate, your degree, your you know your piece of paper that says you you know what you're talking about. We need that and then a the little bit more is the the soft skills kind of what you're talking about Kamala's, you know being able to communicate and be able being able to interact with different groups of people get your point across that kind of stuff and then what i wanted to add was combining both of yours is, is that networking element and the soft skills those things all build trust right and I think for someone to be considered for a job or whatever, you have to build that trust. And part of that is like kind of what Caden's saying is participating and sharing your ideas. And, and that takes time. And that's the part I want to add is, is you need to kind of marinate in it and people need to get to know you. And that takes more than just that piece of paper or that certificate or degree, right? You, you need to get yourself out there. And that takes time to establish those relationships. Let's jump into lightning round so how this works Kamale is we just ask you a a string of questions and you just answer them the best you can and then we'll wrap up from there sound good
1: yeah let's do it
0: how do your team at overstock do designer reviews Kamale
1: so we we're, we're kind of unique in the fact that we we do fortunately have a lot of resources in the design department you know overstock has shown that they, they, they do care about our industry. So that's awesome. And I love working there because of it. So the way that we do it, we, we do have individual, you know, syncs and reviews in each of our respective teams. But as far as getting designers together and going over some of the things we're working on about twice a week, we have collaborations where the whole UX team gets together and We will either stay in a big group or we'll break out into smaller groups and huddle around uh, TVs and share kind of what we're working on, bounce ideas off of each other. And even I've been in uh, sessions where people don't have like wireframes or high fidelity mocks to show, but we'll uh, do like a whiteboarding session together where we'll ask people to help us out with an idea maybe we're struggling with or maybe that we're starting out with and kind of get ideas and generate ideas that way and also get feedback as far as what we're working on, whether or not it you know fits the design system or whether or not it makes sense. A lot of those designers too have have been there for a couple of years. And so they have a lot of research and insight that they've done that can help out. So being able to communicate effectively, this is what I'm working on, this is what I'm looking for, is really key there. But that's kind of how we handle it at Overstock.
2: Cool. What are two or three qualities you look for in a designer?
1: Man, a lot of people who have listened to me before or have talked to me before will think I'm sounding like a broken record. But communication, I mentioned this a few times, this podcast, but (laughs) communication is like the the hugest thing for me. There's so many communicate. You'd be surprised at how many things break down within a product team within the development team just because of bad communication um really? and so i think communication is the biggest one for me let's see this is there one more in the <laughs> communication and just like general problem solving when i say problem solving I, I guess i mean a little bit more of they 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 don't just talk about like this fancy lofty idea that's out there but they can actually physically represent it with the solution in front of me If they, if it's not like a physical, like piece of paper or on screen solution, they can articulate it well enough to where I can even paint that picture in my mind. They're painting that picture in my mind.
0: Maybe deliverable skills, like creating good deliverables that can communicate their ideas. So it makes sense to you. Yeah. All right. So. I don't know if you've like heard any of our episodes with the lightning rounds in it yet, but we've been asking people, how do you find your voice in design, which, you know, there's people that are obsessed with tools and the surface level stuff, the UX, and those are the people that don't really like get jobs, but then there's, have like their own style, their voice, right? How do you find your personal style? How have you found your style of work so that people want to hire Kamala, not just a UX designer?
1: Yeah, I really, really thrive in in deep conversation with people. There's a lot of connection that happens there. And so, you know, I try to use communication as much as I can. Again, just to really understand people. If I can understand, like, where people grew up, where people went to school, what their family situation is like, you know, even, you know, where they live, what kind of car they drive, that kind of stuff on my, on my product team, I understand a little bit more about why they uh, why they do certain things on our team so you know people have quirks and people do I don't know people do stupid things sometimes I do stupid things sometimes and sometimes that comes out in in your work and when you understand a little bit of what people's lives are like you maybe understand why they may have made that decision and it's a lot easier to to be able to help in that situation or deal with it in that situation so, I've tried to make it a point to to be able to really communicate people on a deeper level in my work. And I feel like that's helped me a lot that I actually landed in my my internship that way. The the guy who was hiring for my internship, we found out that we had a, a really strong connection through my uncle. And it was a conversation that lasted probably about 20 minutes, but had, you know, we not into personal family details as far as like where I'm from. And talking about that and where he was from and what his life was like and what my life was like, we would have never made that connection. And honestly, that's, I, I can almost be 99% sure that's why I got the job, but there's a lot of those things that, do, that don't come out if you're just talking surface level. So I, I would say for me, it's, you know, being able to make those deep connections in communication. Yeah. Getting, getting context, it allows you to understand why, you know, why people are doing what they're doing and why people act the way they act. Right. Like I said, a lot of people have quirks and you're going to find those quirks because you're working together daily. And I don't think this spans just across, you know, a product team. It can be, you know, any coworker, it could be, you know, any fellow student, it could be, you know, even in your personal relationships, but you know, if you, I, for me, I feel like that's been kind of my where I find my voice and my my calling in 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 my career is being able to really understand people because then I'm able to understand how they act and why they act and better better work with them on a team. It helps me be able to understand how I fit into that for them and how I can help them best. But as, I, I said this earlier too, but is you know it's gonna be different for everybody. Some people it's gonna be they they're gonna find their calling in 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 UI and visuals. And some people are going to really thrive on analytics and data and stuff like that. So I think as far as like, how do you find, find your voice? I feel like I kind of started to notice that I was really thriving and I, I, my work was getting a lot easier and there's less friction in my work when I was doing that, when I was communicating. I mean, I would say, you know, if you can find something that creates, doesn't create friction and kind of makes your work a little bit seamless even though there are problems along the way though that's probably where your voice is at
2: if you could go back in time knowing what you know now if you had a time machine and not, and you know you have a time machine so you can go back <laughs> yeah. what would you have change done it. differently
1: yeah I, I've been asked this question before but not by like a lot of product people but just you know people in my family <laughs> and yeah, I always say the answer like you know I, I really wouldn't because I learned a lot but if you know if we're really if we're really digging if we really had to had to go back right I'll, I'll give that answer oh, I <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think I would kind of like what you guys were saying earlier I would I would get more involved than I was I was pretty involved before I got my foot in the door I would I would do that probably twice as much i you know, I, I, I knew that a network was super important and I knew that kind of the camps said this earlier, but simmering and marinating in, in that industry and in, you know, in the trenches with people like that is, is really important, but I didn't understand how important it was until I was about a year into my internship and was trying to look for another job. And right before, before I got into Overstock. And so I would, I would say I would go back and, and you know, network, I don't want to throw the network buzzword in there, but just really, I like what Cam used as the the word marinate. I would really just marinate in the trenches with people, whether that's going to meetups, whether that's you going to shadow people, whether that's reaching out to people on a Slack group or whatever it is to get feedback. I would just really do that probably twice as much that I did before.
0: All right, final question. Anything you want to plug, book, personal project, this is your time to just wrap up with anything you felt like you had wanted to say, but you haven't said it. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I had, you know, a couple people reach out and I think this is a perfect topic for the, for, for me, but I had a couple people reach out to me who are going through university programs that are like interaction design centered or user experience design centered that, you know, are kind of at that crossroads of, they feel like they're getting behind and they want to either you know jump ship and sh- go to a different career, or they want to do a boot camp. And so, you know, I think it's it's really going to be relative to to what what your what your life situation is like. But you know, boot camps are a great place for for being able to to really hone in on something and figure out if you want to do it. And it's probably an expensive way of figuring out your life. But I think they're great. I I would 100%, you know, recommend that anyone that would be considering a boot camp, it be a good deal, but it is not for everyone. So what I would, my plug is to be able to take the time for yourself and, and figure out, figure out what, what you really want in life. And, you know, if if what you really want is is lining up with a boot camp, and do a boot camp. If, if it's not, then I, I would suggest going another way. But I think the communication theme that I've, I've started, self-plugging that, but um, not communication just with other people, but communicating with yourself is really important. And I think as a product designer, being able to communicate with yourself um, internally and understanding that you yourself are, are as much of a user in your career as much as other people are when you're working within a product team and you're trying to figure them out is really important at understanding. So treat yourself like a user in your career and um, use communication to be able to figure out what you need to do. And I think it'll help you a ton.
2: Awesome. Well, Kamal, we yeah. really appreciate your patience uh, <laughs> with with all the technical difficulties we, we were experiencing, but we really loved uh, learning from you and, and gaining insights.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys. I think what you guys are doing are great. So keep it up. Appreciate the invite. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, family.
0: As always, if this episode or any of the episodes of this podcast resonated with you, be sure to share it with someone that you think would get a lot of value out of this and share it on social media. Again, thank you for listening.